Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Uh, a little faux pas on my part, man. I didn't get the intro right, man. I played the intro before I hit the live button. So y'all saw the live in the intro, and it didn't it didn't work the way I wanted to. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play the intro again, and we're going to do it all over again because I'm a perfectionist like that. So I put this little intro together, so y'all check out the intro. Welcome to the Hawksbeat Podcast. It's your boy, Edub. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to the show on all the places where you get your podcasts. Now, let's get on with the show. Like we always do about this time. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. All right, there we go. There we go, folks. What's up, folks? It's your boy back again for the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode 36, the the NBA draft edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast, man. Uh, got a full show for you today. Got some guests coming on. We're going to be talking all things Atlanta Hawks, all things NBA draft. Uh, as most of you know, the draft is on uh, coming up on November the 18th. And so we're going to give you our thoughts and, and some different scenarios. It's going to be kicking it around. So sit back, relax, interact with the show. Hit us up in the chat. So do this for me. Do this for me. If you're in the chat, if you're listening to us, let us know where you're from or whatever. Let us know if you're a Hawks fan, who you would like to see the Hawks draft, right? So I've already taken kind of a, a, a little poll before um, we went live and everything. And I've taken a poll over kind of the last two or three days. But I want to hear from our listeners. If you're listening right now, if you're checking us out, hit us up in the chat. Let us know who you would like to see the Hawks draft at six. Are you in favor of them moving up? Are you in favor of them moving down? Let us know. So, um, yeah, so we got some folks coming on today. We're going to be talking all things NBA draft with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, just some housekeeping that I always get out of the way with that we do with our podcast. If you're listening, uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Um, a big part of what we do is on the social media front. So we invite you, we invite you to connect with us on our social media platforms. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching us live, we're also streaming live on our YouTube, our Periscope and our Facebook pages. Uh, if you see the little scrolling marquee, uh, you see you can follow the Hawks Beat on Twitter and Instagram at Hawks Beat. It's all one word at Hawks Beat. 
give us a follow, show us some love. We would uh, we'll also uh, do the same and follow you back. Uh, we love interacting with our followers. How do I subscribe to the show? I'm glad you asked me that. I'm glad you asked me that. Subscribe to the show uh, via all podcast networks. We're on Stitcher. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast for the free ski, that's where you can find us. So we appreciate the love. We appreciate you guys checking in. And again, uh, for those of you who just came in, your Hawks fan, hit us up in the chat. Let us know exactly who you would like to see the Hawks draft. Where are we with the draft process? What you would like to see? Do they move up? Do they move down? So uh, we're going to get into that. But let me bring on my first co-host for today. Let me see if I can bring him out here. There goes my guy, uh, Brother Brad Harden from Hoopball Hawks podcast, uh, returning to the show, returning to the show, man. You're a veteran in this piece. What's going on, my guy? Thanks for joining us. Man, e thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's a blessed day. You know, basketball is on the way, and I'm just happy to talk Hawks. Uh, I've been talking, I feel like, in links this week just about this upcoming draft, and Ain't nobody know what's going to happen, honestly, Like, and I'll get into that <laughs> later. But I'm just happy to – hopefully we can try to figure out something as to what will go on as far as uh, next Wednesday when the draft comes on on ESPN. Yeah, we're going to try to make some heads or tails of it. We're going we're gonna to examine some different scenarios and see exactly what, uh, what uh, would be the most advantageous for our Atlanta Hawks. But – uh, first of all, man, let the folks know where they can find you on the Twitters and let the folks know uh, where they can listen to your great podcast, my brother. Yes, um, as Edub said, I am with Hoopball Network and I cover specifically Hoopball Hawks. So I'm in the right place tonight to talk about the Hawks. But if you want to check me out, hit me up on Twitter. It is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, uh, 67, Brad Jarrett, 67 on Twitter. Hit me up, ask me questions. And as far as my show, Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallHawks, all one word. Uh, we usually try to put out episodes every Monday, and we've been really, really consistent as of late. Uh, and it will probably ramp up as the season uh, gets started, along with Hawks Beats as well. So you got Hawks Beats in your rotation. Add me after. Listen to Eda first, then me. Yeah, and, and we're going to just put it in rotation, like Future says. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. It's all in the rotation, man. It's all in the rotation. Uh, supposed to have another guest join us, but he'll get in when he gives in. So we're going to just kind of get over some of the little particulars of the show tonight, man. Uh, Brad, just the first things, man, before we get into some of this draft talk. <clears throat> the NBA announced some uh, important dates this week, man. They announced that uh, the NFLPA, not the NFL, the NBA PA finally have, have come to a conclusion. And we're going to have a season, man. We're going to have a season, 72 games. Uh, the season is going to start on December 22nd. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, they will have a, a season that will run smooth, kind of like the bubble in, in Orlando. I don't know if it will run that smooth. but um, So we have the start of the season on December 22nd. Uh, we have free agency, which is one of my favorite times of the year, November 22nd. And we have the NBA draft, of course, which we're going to be talking about tonight on the November the 18th, man. When you saw the news of, of the seed that we're finally going to have a season, man, what were your thoughts? Well, first and my foremost, um, 
I just want everybody to be safe uh, as far as this process. I just hope that the NBA does their due diligence because it's a lot of moving paces, unlike being in the bubble in Orlando where it was a very controlled environment. And uh, Paul Pierce on the jump, which I try to not make a habit of quoting Paul Pierce. You know, he could be historic, <laughs> he could be historically wrong. But he did, he, he did make a point is that, you know, when they travel from city to city, those players on the end of the bench that, are not in the rotation as much, not getting as many minutes, maybe a two-way player. Uh, they may be more likely because they're not as well-known to go out. And the last thing you want is them to sneak out to blow off some steam. And then next thing you know, they get sick and then affect the team. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they have to account for, travel, food. I know they're trying to work out something where air teams in similar areas as far as if they come to Atlanta, they're probably going to play Charlotte. They may go down to Florida. They're trying to just make travel easy fishing and so the same way on the west coast so i just hope that they are doing their due diligence uh i know for us for the hawks we're going to be well rested but when you if you're the heat or lakers fan who happen to be listening to this podcast today you're going to be griping a little bit because you're probably going to see a little bit more load management from your top players so it's a it's a mixed bag but uh, I, I know on another podcast I talked about those teams that did get to play in the bubble. They got to try out some lineups, see some things, build some continuity to give them a little steam and headway going into the season versus the Hawks, who they had a mini bubble camp, which is great. They got to do a little bit of evaluation, but in-game situation evaluation, you know, teams like the Hawks and others who did not make the playoffs, uh, it, it may be a little bit of a learning curve there. So it'll be a learning curve on both sides, but I just hope that all the kinks are as ironed up as possible. I'm, I'm calling this like a game of operation there's gonna be a lot of ants along the way when you play an operation but you gotta yeah. just do what you can do yeah I, I hope that it runs smoother it seems that um they did such an amazing job uh with the bubble in orlando again but that was just kind of a one centralized location um i'm hoping that it runs a little bit smoother it seems like college football is really starting to find these hiccups now man uh, with these cases and everything, and and now as as a nation, we're sport college football man. Them brothers are limping. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and me as an LSU fan, uh, we kind of skated out of a butt whooping on Saturday. So I mean, I want everybody <laughs> to get healthy in Baton Rouge. Uh, I hope the Halloween party was worth it, but we did scan of a butt whooping that saving them boys were gonna put on us uh, on national television. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy because you have the two dynamics in college football. They really want these checks, right? They really want these checks, but it's like, okay, do I get these checks? The health of the players. To get these checks, the health of the players. So, <laughs> I mean, money talks. Ain't that uh, what uh, that Chris Tucker and uh, Charlie Sheen movie? Money talks. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, man. We could go on and on about that, man. But let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, and and I spoke with you, and I gave you kind of the outline of how we're gonna do this, and. and if you're if you're listening to the show, if you're uh, on Twitter or you're on Facebook, or if you're uh, following us on YouTube, here's going to be the format. So what I did was I examined about maybe 15 different mock drafts for the Atlanta Hawks from different different from different publications, from everything from the Ringer to NBC Sports to whatever you call it. I went and I and I and I I, I chronicled what they had the Hawks picking at number six. And I, I took from that uh, <clears throat> from that sample set, I took the five most, uh, I guess, popular players that we saw in those mock drafts for the Hawks. And so I, I basically want to examine those five players since they've been the most, the five popular players since uh, the publications are talking about them. 
Uh, so I want to kind of glance over them. You know, we don't really have to break them down of what type of player they are. Uh, we kind of just want to see, could it fit with the Hawks? Is it not going to fit with the Hawks? You know, so uh, before we get into that, I think I see my my, my third co-host. I think he's finally found his way on here. Let me see if I can bring Brother Tate on to the show. Brother Tate, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm out, I'm outstanding, man. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me. Um, if you if if you tried to come with, let me tell you something. If 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 you're trying to come with the uh, turning Deshaun Deshaun Tate into Deshaun Late, uh, then that joke has already <laughs> been said already, bro. So uh, that's old news. But uh, uh, pleasure you bringing me on, Dub. Um, Brad, man, pleasure to meet you. Sorry, I'm late, man, but I'm uh, I guess I was a little bit too uh, over anxious. Uh, to get this thing started, man. Oh, hey, no better worries, late bro, than never. Man. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries, man. Hey, shout out to your pod that you did this this afternoon with uh, the Notre the writer from Notre Dame, man. Good job on that. Uh, real quick, Deshaun, man, let the folks know where they can find you on the social medias. Uh, you've been on the show before, man. They know who you are, so just give them a little shout of where they can get at you. Oh, no doubt at Tate's Take Hoops. On the Twitter as well as on the IG, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Got a really awesome podcast called Tate's Take. The podcast is essentially a um, a uh, multi-level basketball podcast. High school, college, NBA pro, international. If they playing basketball in, in wheelchairs or they playing it on the moon, we got all of that for you, man. So uh, find that anywhere you find your favorite podcast. I like to call it the... Uh, I like to call it the the the, the most entertaining, uh, the most informational, and the most um, educational uh, basketball content in the form of a podcast. No doubt, man. Again, man, thank you guys. Thank you both again for joining me, man. You know, both both guys are, are, not, are not rookies to the situation, so we're gonna get into this, man. And and Deshaun, I I, I kind of talked about it a little briefly before you came in. Uh, what I did was I went by and I looked at all the publications and I looked at all the mock drafts. And I picked the Hawks pick from all of these different publications and I kind of homogenized them, kind of put them all together. Look at me using those big words, kind of put them all (laughs) together. And uh, we're going to kind of look and see, could this fit? Could it not fit? Do we like it? Do we love it? Do we hate it? Whatever the case may be. So uh, we're just going to go over those those first five main guys that I sent you guys. And the first guy that uh, I saw on a lot of the mock drafts, was Denny, uh, help me out with, with that last name. Who knows how to really pronounce that last name? Avija. 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 So, uh, brother Avija was on three mock drafts slated to go to the Hawks. He was on the mock draft for the Athletic, uh, for ESPN Plus, and for NBA Draft.net. Um, so, there were two players who were on three mock drafts slated to go six at the Hawks. Uh, Brad, I want to get with you, and then uh, Deshaun, you jump in there. If he is available at six, would you like this pick, uh, considering all things are considered? Just, you know, we're not going to talk about moving up or moving down. Just If he's at six, if we decide to stay at six, if this is the guy they roll with, you feeling the pick, you like the pick, yay or nay, how you feeling? Well, first and foremost, anytime I talk about Danny, I got to throw in the DJ tagline. Danny, I see you. Uh, I, I, I like Danny. I like Danny. Um, he's arguably a top five talent. Uh, no, there's no doubt about it. His uh, point forward abilities at 6'9", uh, he can really push the ball in transition, uh, create his own shot. He can ball handle pretty well for being a guy who can play the three or four 
Uh, we have a lot of forwards on this team, so I'm not sure of the, how great of a fit it would be, but it feels that need for the Hawks to have another playmaker uh, outside of Trey Young. He's pretty decent off the ball as well. He can keep people in front. He's not a great defender by any stretch, but he has the ability to at least keep you in front, and if he's going to keep you in front, that is, you know, the bare minimum that you can ask for as far as anybody, especially coming from overseas, coming to an extremely athletic lead in, league in the NBA. Uh, so I would say if he fell to us, I mean, it can't help to have talent and you try to figure out how to make it work. And with all the, you know, the trade rumors that are surrounding us that will probably be surrounding us for the next two seasons, uh, depending on how much we fill out this roster this year, it didn't hurt to just stockpile talent, see how it works and then go from, uh, see and reevaluate things next season. Okay. I got you. Uh, yeah, definitely not a defensive uh, stalwart by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's got a little flair to him, got a little flair to him. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the kid. I kind of like the kid. Uh, it comes from a basketball family. His pops played uh, professionally overseas. Uh, Brother Deshaun, man, how you feel about Brother Danny if, if he is there at six? Let me say this, man. Let me do this real quick. I'm going to take this jacket off because I know it might be a lot of people that ain't necessarily going to love some things that I want to say about Mr. Abiha. <laughs> I'm not, you know what, I don't, and it's not even that. I just, I don't, I don't know what I like about him. I, I'm going to tell you why, because I don't, I don't see that international side nearly as much in terms of knowing some of the competition. Now, in terms of the country that he's playing in uh, over in Israel and whatnot, uh, and, and with him representing that, obviously that's good. There's some heavy competition there, uh, but we're talking about a whole different game coming over here. So I am a little bit more biased towards some of the American players because I know a little bit more about what I'm going to get. Now, from what I've seen, which is the same amount that everybody else just about have seen, uh, is, is things that are on highlight film, things that you can't really break down. They're never going to show highlight film. They're going to show all the good things. Me, the three of us go out there and, and, and put together a highlight tape and look outstanding like we deserve to be a number six pick, okay? Mm -hmm. But the reality is they're never going to show you the bad things on these highlight films. I see the size. I see the length. The ability to shoot the ball is somewhat good. I think he's kind of spotty in that area where he shoots it really well when he's shooting it really well, and he's shooting it really poor when he's shooting it really poor. Outside of the, that, uh, the 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 – uh, elephant in the room word that you're going to hear more times than not in his draft is probably going to be length and wingspan and things like that. He fits the bill in those regards, how he fits in with the Hawks. I don't know if this dude's going to be good enough to even see the floor right out the gate. And I'm not sure I want to waste a number six pick in a draft that's already piss poor to an extent uh, on somebody like that, that I don't get a real good feel for. Now I've been wrong before. I said that I didn't want Luka Doncic and I would have felt the exact without seeing Luke, without seeing Luka now in this same situation, I would have said the exact same thing that wasn't going to change. And I think that there's some other guys that is on the board or ideally will be on the board at that point that I would like instead of him in a biased state. So let me just say uh, this in closing uh, is that uh, I think it really just kind of depends who's on and who's off the board by the time number six rolls around because I got other guys in mind. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think uh, when you look at all the Euros, uh, there's always like a sample size. You really don't know because we don't see them. We haven't seen them play much. And, and the caveat this year is we haven't even seen some of the college kids play much because of the shortened season. So all a lot of these freshmen, a lot of these younger guys that are jumping into the draft, we have really small sample size. And it's like, OK, we got to make a decision 
there's gonna be a whole lot of rolling the dice. <laughs> a whole lot yeah. of rolling hey, the dice. Hey, 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 if I could just say this real quick, you know, I, yeah. I really feel like there's so many people who love to talk about this international player coming over here and doing well, and everybody points the finger at Donkic, and I think that that's easy to do because of the simple fact that when you're following him up, obviously that's a good thing for any international player right now. However, people don't take into account the international players that come over here to the United States and don't pan out so well. But I think it helps with Denny, no matter if he lands with the Hawks or anywhere else, uh, with the fact that this NBA is starting to kind of uh, turn in the direction of, uh, of, of, of the international game overall. Uh, Brad, look like you was about to get in there and say something. Uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, it's definitely taking a more European feel as far as the game and growing in that way. Uh, compared to some other players who played overseas, uh, at least he was in a competitive league. He did play some U20 on a U21 Israel Israeli team and they won two gold medals. So at least he has done some competition. But I mean, as Tate says, I mean, it's, the NBA is a different beast. It's a different little athleticism, maybe a little bit more physical in some aspects over in Europe. But that's just because, you know, when, when, you, when you're not athletically superior, you're going to try to do everything you can physically to try to impose your will on the court. But, uh, and, and as a comment that did pop up, yeah, his shooting percentages are spotty. And Tate alluded to that as well, especially in the free throw line. You got to you got to hit the free throw line from a high clip. But when you bring him on the court and anybody who does and I agree with Tate, I mean, I don't know how much of a great fit he will be here. And I said that as well. But his passing is is very underrated. He's a very great passer. And I think that right there, I compared him to Dario Sarge and Dario Sarge has a. I mean, you can always find a role for those players. Now, like I said, we all the forwards we have, we are a very forward-thinking team in Atlanta. I mean, we can move on from that and definitely get more guards. Like I definitely see more guards or some rim protection as far as uh, in the draft. Gotcha. So, uh, with, with Danny, I, I'm getting kind of an incomplete from Tate. I'm getting a, a okay from Brad. I'm still kind of in, in the middle. I think that the Hawks are in a peculiar position because at number six – you're really essentially drafting a guy that's going to come off your bench. And traditionally, you don't draft a guy that high to really come off your bench because Hawks, they already got your starters. Like, you already have your starters. You got, you know, you're not really – there's nobody in this draft that's going to come out and start above any of these guys that are starting immediately. Not at number six. That you're going to get at number six. So it's kind of in a peculiar position. That's why it, a lot of people are in favor of the Hawks dropping down uh, with that pick. But we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, some input from the chat. Uh, I asked you guys, I asked some of the folks in the chat who were listening and say, who would you guys like to draft if you if, if you were if you were running the GM? So this is from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mr. Caden Alvis. Thanks for checking us in. Uh, he said, Obi Toppin. We'll talk a little bit about Obi a little bit later. But uh, if you're a Hawks fan, let us know who you think or who you would like to see the Hawks draft at number six. Would you in favor to move down? And uh, what, what would you like to do if you were the GM? The next guy coming up was uh, he was featured. Uh, I was going to the Hawks in two publications, uh, and I'm talking about Onyeke Okungu. He is uh, he was in the mock draft going to the Hawks in the Sporting News mock draft and the Tankathon mock draft. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Deshaun, this uh, on this one. Uh, Oneka, am I saying his name right? <laughs> Oneka Okongu. Okongu, yeah. Okongu. <laughs> that is a mouthful. Try saying that three times really, really fast. Um, again, considering he's just there at six and the Hawks decide to go with him, 
do you see a place where he can fit in with this Hawks team? Man, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people are going to see this name, dude, and because it's not really recognizable, they're not going to love it, um, let alone being really hard to say. Pac-12 games come on after you know 1030 at night, so not a lot of people had a chance to see how good of a talent he really is. Uh, it's stretching the floor is not necessarily nearly as good as it could be, but I think you could say that about any player that's in this draft, even starting with whoever in the heck goes number one. Uh, outside of that, because of the fact that he can rebound the basketball. I think that he does some things in which um, I'm not sure he does anything great, but because he does so many things really good, uh, kind of reminds me in the mode of, in terms of me trying to give that description, uh, how Wendell Carter from Duke and obviously with the Chicago Bulls now, maybe not necessarily anything great, but has so many good tools to go along with it and can bring so many different things to the game rebounding obviously being one of them can he score the ball yeah but he's not so much to a point where i would necessarily call him a scorer not so much to a point where i would call him a rim protector either uh and those things don't really spell good for the atlanta hawks now if he's sitting there on the board some of the other guys that i think are more ideal are off the board at that point then he would be one of the front runners to go with um but besides that fact i think just because he's solid all the way around he's very coachable obviously uh, and he plays with a really, really like the work ethic. Everybody's talk, running around talking about LaMelo Ball. These guys were teammates at Chino Hills High School. And when Ball was getting all the credit, yeah, that's because I saw a lot of cherry picking. The guy who was really putting in some of that grit and that grimy work, creating second chance points and things like that. Uh, and that high energy, that was Anika Onkangu, uh, Okangu rather. Uh, and, and I, I like it for the Hawks, depending on who's there. I don't love it, but I don't think it's the most idea considering what he can't bring to the table or do really well. Sometimes that hurts you a little bit more than it helps you to not really have a bona fide skill set to be able to directly go to. Brother Brad, jump in there. Um, I, I agree a little bit what he's saying, but I think that he can honestly be a pretty decent fit depending on what you're trying to build this team around. I, I kind of alluded to that if you're trying to build this Hawks team in the mode of when uh, the 76ers had AI, you had a bunch of dudes who can go out there and guard and just were dogs on the defensive end and get you some boards and contribute where you can. I think this is the guy that can definitely fit that. I mean, he does similar things than what John Collins did coming into the league and I've seen a lot of comparisons to Bam Adebayo just for his size uh his intangibles he needs to continue to work on his shot but he did shoot the ball I want to say about 74 percent from the free throw line at USC so that does translate to potentially with the being in the right system and developing becoming maybe a better shooter in that regard uh he can block shots uh, he plays with a high motor high energy as uh, Deshaun alluded to and I think that he can end up being the best big man in his draft uh, de depending on obviously being placed in the right situation, continue to just uh, have opportunities. Uh, uh, I remember seeing him a lot in uh, LaMelo Ball's highlight takes and Chino Hill catching a lot of lobs. And he looked great. He looked great. He went to USC. You started to flash the talent. Uh, I think a little bit more of a mean streak. He needs to develop that. But I think with more development uh, and ability to continue to stretch the floor, I think he can do some great things. Now, I would like him better here than Danny. But uh, like I said, I don't think he's the perfect fit. Um, and, I, and I hear rumblings that this is the guy that the Warriors could draft as well. I know Wiseman's been up there, but they can trade back and draft him. Or And, and I heard that the Boston Celtics really like him. So it's going to be one of those situations. If he did fall to us, 
someone else is going to get them and someone else is going to really, really like what they get out of Okongwu because I think the sky is the limit truly with him but being placed in the right situation. I like the fact that he does a lot of the dirty work, a lot of like John Collins, a lot of Clint Capella. But here's the thing. You got a John Collins and you got a Clint Capella. And, and a lot of those things that he does are very similar. And while I, I do like the player, I do. And I, and I do believe that they need uh, as much defense as possible. I mean, I'm one of the old guys who have always talked about drafting a defensive guy. And he definitely can be a defensive presence on this team. I just don't know if you draft him while you still – that just doesn't seem of value to me, while you still have a Collins, while you still have a, a uh, you know, a Clint Capella. And here's a, a thought that I've – and I'm sure you, you probably heard too, Brad. Um, the idea that, that it's, it's time for John Collins to get paid. Yeah, So paid. could this be a situation where you draft the young buck and, and see what you got? And if you really like what you got, then it makes John Collins expendable. Hawks, Hawks fans hate it when I say this, that this is a business. You know, as much as I love John, as much as I love talking to John, at the end of the day, it's a business. And I tell these fans all the time, and you guys probably see me if I go back and forth with Twitter fans, you can't get attached to these guys, you know? I mean, that's just, I'm not saying that that's will happen. I'm saying that that's what I want to happen. I think that there's a possibility that they could kind of move like that if they don't want to pay John no money. I 100% agree. Like, that's the only way you bring him in. And um, with that store call here today, gone a mile, I don't want it to be that situation because I really like John Collins, especially the work that he's put in to stretch the floor and shoot the three. And I think that if you're the Hawks and if you bring uh, a Kongu onto your team, you, you can't really make rash decisions because you haven't seen what Collins is going to look like next to Capella. And I think that that's going to be great with uh, Capella anchoring the paint and letting Collins move a little bit freely from the three-point line in. And, you know, I'm thinking about loose balls, second-chance opportunities that's already get, that he's already getting, those threes that he's already getting. And you have Capella to clean up your messes uh, in the paint. And, I mean, and, and I personally think that Bruno Fernando is going to have a really great second year. Uh, I know that he's been working on a lot of skill work. I've heard a lot of rumblings of Fernando and how if he can work on any bit of defense awareness. I don't know what his 2K rating is on defense awareness. Probably in the 50s right now and right <laughs> so because that man be looking lost out there. But but I, I, I really think that with Capella. There's a reason here, for that. Yeah, there's a reason. But I think – and he's young. He's, he's played the game yeah. – uh, started, started the game playing the game late. But I think Capella being here is going to really push – Fernando and I think we're going to get more out of him so I, I just don't think that we should bring anybody that really curtails into the, the core that we have in, in Oyeka on Kongwu and Danny Avia does that with the fours that we have on our roster gotcha gotcha uh Deshaun any, any uh last thoughts before we move on to the next guy no, nah, not really. I'm just hearing you guys going back and forth talking about 2K ratings and arguing with people on Twitter, which I think is the majority of the problem already as it is because of the simple fact that you got so many guys who I'm glad are not NBA J GMs and sticking to 2K. That's the biggest problem. People see yeah. 2K. This is not 2K. This is a business, my friend. And I just hope that people not understand that, but overstand that a lot sooner than later. This segment is brought to us by Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep. Every piece will be uniquely yours. You can get the Tillman's Trinkets and Things from our website, thehawksbeat.com. Just click on their banner, Tillman's Trinkets and Things. 
Shout out to our guy, Jonathan. He's done great work. He's made pieces for my daughter, for my son, for myself. Check out the folks over at Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Yeah, man, I was going back and forth with the fan last season, almost into after I think it was a Miami Heat away game or something, on the value of Travis Schlink and Travis Schlink knowing how to do his job. And I was trying to let this man know, this man, doesn't, you don't just stumble onto GM jobs. Like, this man has pedigree. This man had Jerry West vouch for him. You, you know what he's doing, right? You know, so he's no GM is always going to hit 100%, but – He's the GM for a reason. Let's let these GMs do what they do, and that is GM. The next guy I want to bring up, man, is Isaac Okoro at number six. Now, Isaac was slated to go to the Hawks in the ESPN Plus draft and the eight, the SB Nation mock draft. Uh, he's kind of a guy that I, I, I'm kind of out of the three we've talked about so far. This is probably my favorite guy out of the three. Uh, I see Deshaun chomping at the bit, man. So I'll go ahead and start with you on this one. (laughs) This is your dude. This (laughs) is your guy. Let me tell you something. When the draft lottery happened and Hawks got number six, this was, everybody's all upset. This isn't the draft you want to be number one. Be happy with where you are. Be happy that it's more than likely if things pan out the way that it's subject and looking like it's going to, this man will be on the draft board at that point and you can go and fill your biggest need, which is defense because you're one of the worst ones in the entire NBA, not just in the Eastern Conference. He's a coachable kid, a great kid. He's familiar with the culture already. McEachern High School right up the road in Atlanta, so he got the swag. He already know what that's about. You don't have to pull this man, call a timeout, pull him over to uh, the huddle, yank him up by the jersey, tell him to go back out there and play defense, and then all, all of a sudden he knows how to play. That's not this kid. This kid wants to do that. He embraces that. He wants that. He can defend three positions, maybe four, in a small ball situation where he plays the four. Athletically gifted, very high IQ. I mean, there's really not much that I don't like about this kid, to be quite honest with you. Sometimes the fact that he is a little bit more passive and that he is a little too comfortable in a role that he's comfortable in. If there is a lock For somebody that I feel the most positive, or let me think of a really fancy word for you, E, the most optimistic about in this draft, it is this player, especially for the Hawks. This is your guy. Now, if you want to go out there and get over 130 points hung on you every night and so forth like that, then we're having a whole different conversation. That's for those 2K people. But if you want some some stops on the opposite end of the ball, and he's not a bad jump shooter. Is he a great jump shooter? No, but you're not bringing him in here for that. You feel your biggest need, and that's defense first. You go with Isaac Okoro. Brad, jump in there, brother. I know that we're not going to bring DeAndre Bembry back, and honestly, with the money that you're probably going to pay Bembry, you don't have to You don't have to pay him because you can get Isaac Okoro. I 100% agree with everything that Deshaun said about him. He's going to be a great defender. He can guard three to four positions. Uh, I like him because if you could put him at a two-guard position, you could put him on the best one or two-guard on the other team. And so Trey Young doesn't have to expend that energy. He can focus 
on facilitating, on scoring, and doing what he does. And he's going to get on to get better as a, as a jump shooter. He's extremely coachable, very selfless player. And like Deshaun said, almost to a fault. Uh, tremendous athleticism. A lot of people compare him to Karan Butler, Andre Iguodala. Uh, and I think he's really great as a playmaker. He's very underrated in that aspect, uh, especially in the pick-and-roll situations. And I think that once he comes in and proves that, and there were some flashes on it on the tape when he was at Auburn, he come in and do it. I mean, shoot, I see a situation where you can have Trey and Capello or Trey and Collins on one side of the court and have the other three have Isaac Okoro trying to work out something with the other three and really just have like a two-way, a two-way threat on the court as far as going to the basket. And that's another thing that he can really do. He's going to be a great – he's going to walk in the league and be a good finisher. I think he's going to be one of the better finishers when it's all said and done. Uh, and just like Andre Iguodala, we could come in back in the day uh, when he played for the 76ers and he was going to dunk on everybody. Uh, and hopefully if he gets that <laughs> dog in him and we really just unlock him being home, uh, being the hometown kid, Man, I, I think really the sky is the limit for him. So out of everybody that we talked about today, he's definitely number one. He's uh, Hawks Twitter's number one, and rightfully so. I mean, I can't really say a lot of bad things except his jump shot, and that's going to get better. Like, you can say by everybody in the draft needs to get better at shooting. So, I mean, let him come in. He's going to put the work ethic. He's going to have be around family. Uh, he's already going to come in and be a great defender. He could possibly come into the league, and we could talk about in two, three years being a, uh, one of the best defenders in the league, just like we talked Talk about Drew Holiday and why everybody's trying to pay, compare us uh, as far as talk to us about our cap space and trying to trade for Drew Holiday. This dude could come in and do it. And as uh, Sean alluded to, the IQ, smart guy, especially being young, to, to already know how to play the game right. And you don't really have to teach a lot of in-game situations to him right away. He's just going to come in and just make the right play. Similar to, like I said, what DeAndre Hunter did last year. He came in and made a lot of good plays, even though it wasn't the flashiest. And I know a lot of people saying, mm-hmm. why did we trade, make the trade that we do to get him at forward with the numbers? They was hating on DeAndre right. last yeah. year, man. Oh, oh yeah, they, they, they were hating, they was rightfully hating. so. But we talk about this, that microwave uh, in, in society. Everybody wants that instant gratification, you know what I'm saying? You got to trust the process, not to bite off a of silly, but you got to just take it in stride and really let these young guys cook. And he's going to come in and cook, and I think he's going to make everybody else look better. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, if nothing else, man, it's a really good fit for him, I feel. Like, if you're going to get six, if you're going to get him at six, uh, a guy that's going to come in there, I think he can really be explosive with that second unit uh, defensively. Have Cam on, have him on one wing, uh, put Cam on the other. Uh, that's a really good defensive second unit. Uh, that's a really good second unit. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. E, e, can I throw something at you real quick? Yeah. Besides yeah. the fact that I think if this guy is right there for the taking and the Hawks pass up on it, are they making a big mistake? Um, but outside of that fact, you know, we, we just got done finished talking about the great job that Travis Link has done in trying to build this thing into something like a Golden State Warriors type deal. Let me tell you something. Everybody was talking about Amari uh, Spellman and this and this and that. Now, hear me out when I say this. You were looking for your Draymond Green. Now, he's not going to come with all the bark that Draymond Green is going to come with. But this guy is definitely going to come with the bite. He has something that's transferable and translatable to the NBA game, which is the ability to play defense and having a knack for all those second chance points and 
loose balls and all of these different things, wanting to be scrappy and so forth. This, the, 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 the school right up the road, and they have been nationally ranked at the top of the list for the last couple of years, McEachern High School and winning all these championships. He played on that team and had a big, huge role in it. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about the shorter players and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, Sharif Cooper, who was fantastic, great, going to Auburn. And does all the fancy stuff. This isn't Big 12 football. This is not Pac-12 football where it's all about offense all the time. If you go back and look, the guy who was the defensive anchor, the guy who was that that bite and kept the kept it all together, you know, the 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 the, the one that just kept everything together essentially, that was Isaac Okoro. That's one of the things that can also translate over. I just it, for me, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's 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 an it's a no-brainer. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to brother Isaac, man. It'd be good to see him stay in, in, in the state of Georgia, man. Uh, next up, man, was was kind of a unique pick. I, I saw uh, this guy on two mock drafts going to the Hawks. I saw him on the NBC Sports uh, mock draft and the CBS Sports mock draft. Had the Hawks picking up Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, an interesting pick being that he is kind of a, a point guard, a big point guard, 6'5", 175 out of uh, Iowa State. Um, kind of a different move here for the Hawks to go point guard at six. Um, I'm going to start with you, Brad. What are your thoughts on the idea of taking a point guard at six? I'm going to say this. Outside of Isaac Okoro, if Tyrese Halliburton were to follow us, follow to us somehow, some way, I say go for it because uh, he can play off the ball. Like He's a very selfless player as well at 6'5". He's a very underrated defender. He can go out and get steals. Uh, he averaged two and a half steals last year as point guard one. And I can see him, like similar to Okoro, you split the court with two, two great ball handlers, and he's a really great passer in himself. He shot. 42% from three last year. And that was an improvement from year year one at Iowa State. So you see the improvement. You see the work ethic. And as a guard, he's a very underrated rebounder, averaging six rebounds a game last year at six and six and a half uh, assists per game, shooting 50% from the field as a point guard. That's ex- extremely well, especially in the wild, wild west as far as offenses. That is the Big 12, which is arguably one of the better basketball conferences in college basketball. And to have him, uh, I think he can defer. I know a lot of people would say, like, well, uh, he needs to have the ball in his hand as well. But I think with his ability to spot up shoot, I think that that is something that you can use as well. And he he's not the defender that Okoro is, but he's a guy with, with a long wingspan that we talked about, the intangibles, that he can get it to passing lanes. He has great instincts. He can make some deflections and start the fast break and get it going and make plays. Like, that's all he did at Iowa State as the guy was make plays. Now, I know some people say seeing a point guard like that's I mean, but I mean, look, look at Shea, look at Shea and uh, Chris Paul. They made it work in OKC. I mean, you have a ball dominant guy. Shea is also a ball uh, dominant guy as well. But they took turns and it didn't take away from the offense. It actually added and created more opportunities for other players on the team. And I think that having Trey and a Halliburton in an offensive situation will create opportunities for the Reddishes, for the Hunters, for Capellas, for Collins, uh, and anybody else on this roster that we signed in free agency. I think he can unlock some different parts on the court, and it doesn't have to fall all on Trey Young's shoulders. Uh, but like I said, not the defender that Okoro is, but if he falls there, and I think that Chicago should get him. I, I, I spoke on a Bulls podcast earlier today that, hey, I mean, why even try to go and get, get a mellow ball? You can get Tyrese Halliburton and get everything you want. Because I think when looking back on it, he's going to be probably one of the best the best guards to come out of this draft. 
Now, Deshaun, before I go to you, man, uh, uh, Tyrese is – I guess he could kind of be considered as kind of a combo guard. He does kind of have those those combo uh, attributes a little bit, can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, this does address a need for the Hawks because they are, they are in need of a backup point guard. No disrespect to Brandon Godwin, but uh, the metrics show and the numbers show last year when Trey went to the bench, this Hawks team was – and so you're hoping to see progression from Godwin, but uh, if he's not the guy, I mean, it seems like, you know, I, I like the Halliburton kid. It feels a little weird at six to me personally. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on if, if, this, if they were to pull this situation off, uh, brother Deshaun? E, I'm feeling a way, bro, because I think B over there is living in my head rent free. I feel taken advantage of. Okay, I feel like, I feel like he done came up and, 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 and found uh, my my spare key to my house that I thought I lost, but sneaking in here and going through my notes because this dude is the guy right behind Okoro. If Okoro is not on the board, another guy I really feel like you'll regret. You don't want to be in a situation where. You miss out on one guy and you then you miss out on another guy. And then you could have had that opportunity in back-to-back situations. Uh, it gives me that impression a little bit of where, um, and, and I'm not saying he's going to be this player or be this talented, but in terms of his style, okay? You remember how big of a guard Penny was, the way that he could control the ball at 6'7 as a point guard. He was sure he wasn't magic at 6'9. Not many people are. Mamas ain't giving birth to people like that no more. But the reality of the matter is, is that he can do that. He comes down with that pace. It's not like he's erratic. He's not crazy with it. He can throw some dimes here and there. He can in terms of the responsibilities and the duties of a point guard, knowing the strengths of weaknesses, breaking it down like his geometry and algebra of every single player on the team. He does that exceptionally well. I know he got hurt a couple times over at Iowa state, and maybe that's a little bit of a red flag and concerning some people a little bit, me, not so much, especially in this draft, uh, be honest with you. I think that he would fit in pretty good because not only him coming off the bench, but if you have a guy like Trey young, who you're asking, to uh, uh uh put to to put all the points on the board essentially okay uh to also have to defend guys okay we already know what that looks like uh and then even more so uh uh to 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 have to distribute the ball and do that takes the extra load off and responsibility from him where you can move Trey over on particular possessions over to off the ball at the two position and let this guy play the point and just work on setting guys up in the process. I'm not saying as a long-term starter, I'm just saying in situ- it's situational and, and t- to throw it off a little bit, you know, we, we, we see yeah. situations. Uh, I can't think of uh, who the quarterback is for the Saints, the backup guy from BYU, the big kid. He comes in there from time to time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do some things. So I say all that to say that I think that this would be a a, a really good pick. Uh, if it didn't pan out, then it wouldn't pan out. A point guard at six when you already have one. But I don't think it's a bad idea, especially considering the fact that he could play the two and probably defend some pretty strong threes. Yeah, and, and shout out, shout out to our guy uh, from Smitty Sports Machine checking in, man. That's my guy, uh, Danny Avita. We we uh, got to go back and check the beginning, brother. We talked a little bit about Danny a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I I'm kind of I, I I echo your sentiments 
uh, brother Brad about uh, a coral. Like after a coral, I like I like the Halliburton kid as well. And again, it does uh, address a need for the Hawks, which is the backup point guard situation. You know, maybe he can push Godwin a little bit. You know, uh, Godwin's got some fire in him, but uh, nothing's better than competition, man. Nothing's better than competition. I thought it was kind of unique when I saw him on those two um, mock drafts. So the last guy we're going to bring up is a guy that I saw on the ringer uh mock draft now the ringer they, they they gave a caveat with this right so they talked about devin vassal but they did it in a situation with the hawks trading down so this isn't a, a, a devin vassal at six i think they were talking about a devin vassal maybe like at eight or ten or something like that so this is yeah i think it was at 10 uh the ringer had him uh, for the hawks with this mock draft uh, I'm going to start with uh, you, Brad, on this one, man. Uh, Devin Vassell, uh, considering the Hawks made a move to drop down, if do you like him at maybe the 8 or the 9 or the 10 spot? Um, I think he's definitely 10, and he's consistently number 10 in a lot of mock drafts, Some, sometimes 11, depending on who you're asking. But another Atlanta product, uh, I think he can be another great fit. He is good on the defensive end. He can shoot threes, which defense was a problem for Atlanta. We already talked about that. And they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. So he, I think he definitely improves in that aspect. Uh, he's efficient. Uh, he doesn't play make as much as or Coro or Halliburton. But if you're trading down and getting a guy who could be a decent two-guard and push um, Herder, and I think this is a do or die year for Kevin Herter. I mean, like if, if you don't show me some, I mean, I think trade deadline uh, package you with Deadman and see what we can get. Um, I, and so I think that if you brought Devin Vassell in, he's the guy that can really push Herter and really try to get more out of him because he can defend probably better. I, I'm going to say he, he come in to walk in the league and be a better defender than Herter. And he already shot, like he <laughs> said, he was a career 42% three point shooter at Florida state. And, uh, I think one of the things he needs to get better at just in the mid-range, but I mean, I think it's just a lost art because most people want to shoot the three after uh, seeing what Golden State did and influencing the next generation and so forth and shooting the three ball. But I, I like Devin Vassell. Uh, I know that he was originally at six and his stock has fallen, and it could be because mm -hmm. of that video that he was joking with his shot when he was shooting the ball up here and looking a little mm -hmm. awkward and stuff like that. I, I can see – uh, why we have to trade down and get him. But I think if you trade down and get him, he would definitely he'd be a good fit here. Uh, but, I, but I have some other players, and we'll talk about later as far as mm -hmm. different situations if we trade down, different fits, depending on what we get, that could fit with this Hawks roster as well. Deshaun, do you like uh, Vassal considering uh, if we were all things considered if we get him at 10? Now, the idea is if we get him at 10, chances are we're going to probably be getting another asset along with that because you know how Travis does wheel and deal you know a lot of people talk about the trey and the luca deal but a lot of people you can't talk about that deal without talking about cam reddish uh, again salute to travis slink this man knows what he's doing uh providing devin vassal is there at 10 do you like that move at 10 for devin vassal i need to kind of know what's coming with that move but just straight yeah. up devin vassal at 10 personally i really don't like it that much i'm not really impressed i don't think it moves the needle i don't really think there's much of a purpose the problem here isn't scoring okay and i know and in most cases when you play at florida state you're gonna have to play some defense now i'm not talking down about devin vassal by any stretch of the imagination um yeah. but what i am saying is i just don't think that it's a good fit it's not that i don't think he's a good ball player i just don't think that he's good to be in this particular uniform uh in, in terms of you know the the fit itself i mean you start thinking about some of the other guys and i know that there was one from this area and i can't think of his name and i'm really hating myself because of it but 
Uh, you can't guarantee me you're not going to be him. Even think about another product from Florida State being uh, Dwayne Bacon. You know, can you guarantee me that you're going to at least be that? You know what I mean? And that's not anything spectacular. That's not something that's going to move my needle. That's not something that's going to make me pay attention. Um, and so from that standpoint, if I'm able to be shown something on the defensive end where I see a little bit more quality in other areas besides shooting the ball, which he does it well and pretty efficiently, I might add. But for that purpose, I don't think that that's the issue that the Hawks have. You go take that somewhere else where they're kind of struggling to put points on the board and I'll like them a lot more. But for the Hawks, without knowing exactly what I'm getting to come with that, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, I, I'm – uh, again, man, I think it's a good kid. I think he'll be a good ball player. I think he, you know, he might even have some longevity in the league. He's an athletic kid, but uh, that's just kind of a no for me. I'm just not really feeling the pick. Not at 10. At 10, I no. still think you need something with a little bit more juice, a little bit more meat on it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, no disrespect to Brother Vassal. Um, so, yeah, so those were the top five guys associated with the Hawks on a lot of the mock drafts, on a lot of the publications. Uh, just real quick. Uh, over the last two days, we've asked the uh, Hawks fans, uh, what do you guys like? Who would you guys like? Considering saying the Hawks stayed at six, who would you guys like? And these are the results. So uh, the majority of the folks uh, selected uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Isaac Okoro was right behind him. And Killian Hayes. We didn't really talk about Killian Hayes, man. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, Killian Hayes? We didn't really speak about him. I haven't really seen him associated with the Hawks in any mock drafts. But uh, if Killian Hayes was there at six, what do you guys think about this guy? I'll jump in real quick. Um, I mean, Killian Hayes, he has the potential to be a really good guard in this league. But for drafting as high as we are at this point, to get him, especially with the pieces that already ha already have in place here in Atlanta, I feel like he's too much of a project. I feel like there's he needs to continue to round out physically. I mean, I mean he's a gr really good passer. That's what he is. But he was on a team in Germany where basically the whole team was built around him. And the, he put mm -hmm. up the numbers that he did. So I feel like there's a lot more development that he would have to walk into as far as coming onto the team. And he's a person that needs the ball in his hands. And we already know who's going to have the ball in their hands here in Atlanta. So. <laughs> I already know. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so, so, so Killian Hayes, I mean, I, I feel like if we're going to get somebody in the draft, we don't need to have anybody that takes away from our big two, our big two, our best two players, which is uh, JC and Ice Trey at this point. And I feel like Killian Hayes will try to take that. And you have to teach him and coach him up a little bit more, even though he played in some some high competition over in Europe and spent some time here in the States as well. I just I just I just don't see it personally. I just feel like he's more of a project. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, uh, go ahead. E, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, man. I was just I was about to uh, throw it to you anyway. So let me hear your thoughts. Um, you know, I, I don't. As far as defense, I think that that's something they that can buy into, and I think he had, does much like B said have the uh, the potential to be good in this league. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, probably about three, four weeks ago, people were talking about him moving all the way up into cracking the top five of this draft, which doesn't surprise me. Looking at everybody at the top, and when you start looking at the, you know, the the high risk, low reward uh, and, and bust potential from some of those guys. But nonetheless, uh, for this particular franchise, I don't think would really be a great fit by any means. Um, but he, he is a kid that uh, is originally from Florida uh, and then went over to play some ball. And so he hasn't been 
their his entire life or anything like that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, he does have some American game to go with his European game. And I think that that's that can do nothing but help. If it doesn't hurt, I think that it helps. And I think that that'll help him uh, when it comes to the NBA. But I feel like he, he he's not necessarily one of those guys that has to be put in a particular situation. He doesn't have to go to a particular team uh, in order to be successful. Uh, again, much like you guys have already kind of talked about is, you know, we know who the ball is going, whose hands the ball is going to be in uh, from day one. Ice Trey is not in a situation like we saw with Dennis Schroeder, where he was like not necessarily point guard by committee, but we wasn't sure when we said for the future, how long that future would entail. Because we know exactly how long that future entails with Ice Trey, then that gives me even more, you know, confirmation that this guy wouldn't be a good fit for the Hawks, at least not right now or anytime soon anyway. Yeah, man. Yeah, you guys kind of summed it up. Um, I want to get your final thoughts as we kind of uh, wind down a little bit. Um, we kind of talked about the five guys uh, that were slated to the Hawks as far as these mock drafts were considered. Uh, if you were the if you were the GM, and I want to preface this by saying I'm going to ask you who you would pick at six, and then I'm going to ask you what your perfect scenario would be, uh, meaning trading up, trading back. Uh, so the first thing I want to ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Brad, uh, who would you pick at six if you were Travis Schlink? Uh, all things considered, you're staying at pit. You're staying at six, and that's kind of who you're where you're picking at. If I'm staying at six, I'm gonna personally go with Isaac Okoro. Uh, I've had to ponder it. It's funny. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I really liked Devin Vassell, and then I watched more tape on uh, uh, Halliburton, and then he flip flopped. <laughs> and then it changes. I, but Isaac Coral has always been steady, and I'm going to go with the steady hand, especially in this draft that I compared to, you know, that teacher in college that was really hard for no reason, had that reputation. Say, like, oh, just study the study guy, you're going to be good. But then you go on a test and it was nothing like it. Isaac exactly. Coral is the, is the most consistent <laughs> answer. It's like putting seed for everything. So I would pick Isaac Coral at six, personally. I got you. Uh, General Manager Tate, uh, who you got at six? Living rent-free again, bro. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm going to say is obviously Isaac Okoro. He fills the need for everything that you need, everything that you want. You don't go with him. You you don't want to win. I mean, we, then we should start getting ready to start calling for some jobs after a while because eventually that's the direction that this whole thing is going to end up going into anyway if you don't pick him up. Um, now, in the event that he's not on you know, the board at that point, and to be honest with you, I think the biggest issue that you're going to have is if he and Tyrese Halliburton are on the board still at that same time, because you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about not going with one or the other. Um, yeah. But, you know, if that's the case, then I'm definitely going Halliburton. But first things first, it's about filling the need and the need is defense and you're not going to win games if you don't have that. If you go back and look at you know, the teams that have won these championships, they've they've had consistent defenders on their team and somebody did it on the perimeter. And I'm just not comfortable enough with feeling like Cam Reddish being the guy who as good as he played defensively last year, I think a lot of that was overshadowing how bad he was on offense during certain times. So uh, I think the easy way to go is to go with Okoro. Definitely. Yeah, come in there, Brad. Uh, because... Uh, to speak on a core, especially with us signing Nick McMillan, who is a defensive-minded coach, I'm going to say Nick McMillan is going to have a field day coaching up this kid. And it's not like it's going to be a lot of things that he had to teach him because 
one of the things that he's going to be able to do is come in and just talk about <laughs> it's funny the guy popped up on Nathan Millen Brother uh, Smitty. With, <laughs> with, his, with his experience being a defensive-minded point guard, a defensive-minded coach, uh, he's competitive. I mean, he's only had, I want to say, out of his 15 years as a head coach, he only had five losing seasons, and he's been to the postseason out of his 15 years as a head coach nine times. That experience and then being the defensive-minded, and even if you look at the Pacers number, they were on the top half of the defense and a lot of defensive numbers last year. To bring in a Coro in, I mean, Nathan Millen's going to be licking his chops just to be able to say, all right, we're going to put him here, we're going to put him here, we're going to put him here, and kind of be that Draymond Green that 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 um, Tate mentioned to really just solidify the defense. And then you, with him and Capella, man, I, I shoot, I mean. Yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Hey, he, he, know, he knows who he is, E. That's yeah. the thing I probably love about him the most is that he knows who he is and he sticks to what he knows and yeah. what he's being told to go out there and do. There's nothing like a player. Honestly, it's not even – it must. This I thought this was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> definitely and, and i'm gonna echo your set, uh, sentiments about the O'Carroll pick uh again man i i really like the mcmillan pickup we didn't really talk about it much but i think mcmillan is gonna do just as much for coach pierce as he will do for those players we forget coach pierce is still learning on the job like you know and, yeah. and he's taking a lot of heat and you know some some of it has been fair some of it's been a little unfair to me based on the guys that he's had you know you're all only gonna get so much out of that orange you're only gonna get so much juice out of that orange right you know but uh i really like the mcmillan signing i really like him being in addition to this group and uh, as we kind of wind things down i want to ask you and i'll start with you deshaun uh what would the best scenario be for you i know we've all kind of talked about what they should do with the pick uh what would be your perfect scenario for these atlanta hawks dude i'm sitting back all the way until draft night until some team decides that they want to move up and go and get a kid because they see him, they, they're locked in on him, they love him, and I'm just going to sit there and dangle that little carrot right over the top of their head like this here <laughs> and, and just wait for him. To, hey, because guess what? I got what you want, okay? Come and get it, but I need pieces, and I need grown-ups, okay? Five starters, 25 years old and younger, that's not going to cut it. I need people who can come in here and 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 are adults. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the reality that that's just kind of what I see um, in a best case scenario type situation. That's what you should do because as much as we love a coral, as much as we love a, a Halliburton or anybody else that we can be a veteran. Hey, it could be <laughs> Ant Man for crying out loud. I haven't seen anybody that just clearly looks like a clear cut number one. They're going to pan out. You can't miss out on them. It could be Wiseman. It could be whoever you love, like, hate, or anything in between. But if I can get somebody that has been in this league, it just doesn't make sense to try and continue to get younger. Every day of the week. I'm with you, brother. Brother Brad, man, what would be your perfect scenario? I echo those same sentiments. So if we can go back, in the draft and get a proven contributor and still get a young asset in the draft. Um, I know I've seen some scenarios if we trade back to uh, the Minnesota scenario where they said that if they trade uh, six for 17 in Culver, 
I mean, Culver, no, we don't really want that. But something like that. I know Boston is itching to get into the top ten. Somebody, I mean, hey, if Boston's willing to give a Marcus Smart and, and we make that something, then maybe we can talk a little bit. He ain't going to shoot, but he's going to defend. He's going to be a dog. But anybody who is a vet, a proven contributor, and one of the players that if we were to trade back in the draft that we haven't talked about, who is actually probably one of my favorite players in that draft, and is Desmond Bain from TCU. 6'5", uh, he can play a combo guard, he can defend, he can shoot the three. He was a four-year player in college, so he's going to be kind of not obviously not the defender that Okoro is, but he has the strength to defend, and he knows his game. He's not going to play outside of this game, so it's not like you're going to have to rein this kid in. He's going to come in, he's going to know what he's good at, and he's going to be the best at what he does. And I think he's going to be – a lot of people compare him to like a, a Malcolm Brogdon type. Uh, but if we can get a proven contributor and a young asset to go with in the back of the draft, uh, I'm all forward. But, I mean, like, the us – uh, obviously, Vince Carter retiring, even though he didn't play minutes, a lot of minutes for us. What he brought off the court with his experience and teaching his young kid, yeah, that leadership, how to be a consummate professional, eat, sleep, drink, breathe basketball, and just work through life situations. Because, like, like Tate said, there's a lot of young guys on his team. And it's a sink or swim league. Like it's just like a make or miss league as far as prospects and, you know, making your shot. It's a sink or swim league. If you ain't getting it, you're going to get out. Uh, same yeah. same in football. Like I play, if you don't get it, you gonna get out. So we're gonna need someone that can really just rein these guys in, be that leader, and that's why I hope if we, if we can work something out, I don't know what we have to give up. I family, she said, Herder, Deadman, six pick, give us Drew Holiday, and we'll take the thirteenth uh, or fourteenth, thirteenth, whatever pick that the Pelicans have, we'll take that. Go ahead. I, 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 I was gonna say I I I agree with you when it, when you first said Herder. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, for a guy who uh, what is it going into his third year? Yeah, if third you year. sit, yeah, if you sit here and look at this dude, okay, uh, when it I comes see to Smitty. When it comes when it comes to and no, I agree with Smitty. So check this out. And listen, when it comes to Herder. When we get ready for training camp, the first two the, these first two years, he hasn't been available for training camp because he's been hurt. When it comes to um, uh, uh, these summer leagues, he hasn't participated in the summer leagues. When it comes to preseasons, he hasn't participated in preseasons. Like, forget about just the things that he's not bringing on the floor or putting on a stat sheet, but even preparing yourself. And some of you can't help. You get hurt, you get hurt. But again, it's a business. So I don't think that that really helps the, situa the situation out a whole lot. Plus, he might want to hurry up and get up out of here because that dude owe me like $25 since like yesterday. <laughs> hey, he, remember, he, remember, he remember what Michigan State did to Maryland, so he, he know. Hey, shout out to Sterling Steele. Said first round of curl, second round Devin Dotson. Appreciate you for checking us out, man. Uh, perfect scenario. Look, let me tell you something. If there is a chance that you can land that holiday kid, anything you want, you can have except for number 11. <laughs> anything yeah. you want, you can have, man, because I'm a big fan of give me the ball player that has tape, you know, that has NBA tape on him making plays. Uh, I've always loved the holiday kid, man. I've always loved the holiday kid, man. If you can bring him in for some picks and a dead man and a, and a herder contract and a, a number one and maybe a future number two that you don't stack up anyway, let yeah, him go. Let's do it. Let him go. You know, go. let's yeah. do it. You know, they can take on the contract. They can take on the money. It's not going to be a burden. He's going to be motivated because he's playing next year. He's going to be a free agent, so he can't come down here and lollygag. Not that, not that that's the type of player he is, but – 
whatever you got to do to get a holiday kid. I know it's speculation, but that that perked my ears up when I saw that rumor. I was like, okay, we here now. <laughs> oh man, but hey. This has been fun, you guys, man. Uh, Atlanta Hawks fans, uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Thanks to my two guys, Brad and Deshaun, for joining me this afternoon, this evening, actually, man. I know I'll give you guys a little bit longer than an hour, man, but you guys, you know, great conversation as usual. Uh, Brad, let the folks know again where they can find you. Tell them about your podcast again, one more again. Yeah, Edub, appreciate you having me on. Tate, it was a pleasure talking hoops with you, man. This ain't going to be the last time. Uh, but follow me on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 7, Brad J A R R E T T 6 7. Uh, follow the show at Hoopball Hawks on Twitter. We put out shows every Monday. Uh, we got some, obviously, we're going to rev up with the season coming up. And, you know, hit me up. I mean, if you don't like what I said, man, well, I'll talk I'll talk a lot to you all day. Uh, like like <laughs> Tate said, this ain't, this ain't no 2K. Baby, we talk about we talk about business. In the words of 2K, I'm a business man. That's NBA. That's NBA. So let's talk shop and let's keep this thing going. No doubt, no doubt. Deshaun, let the folks know where they can get you one more game, brother. B, it's a pleasure, man. E, thank you so much for having me. Make sure you see it down there on the uh, on the ticker at the bottom at Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter as well as on the IG. That's T A T E S T A K E H O P S hashtag and per usual. That that's where basketball lives, man. So uh, Tate's take the podcast again. Never know who we're gonna get on there as far as guests. It's a uh, multi-level uh, basketball podcast, and it's simple. You know, you you catch it anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. And you know, if it's uh, I tell people if it's ninety-four feet long, fifty feet wide, twenty-two feet one and one quarter inches out on the perimeter. Now that's for college, but if it's twenty-three feet one and three quarter inches out on the perimeter for the NBA. And if that rim is 10 feet tall, we talking about it, man, on my podcast. So I appreciate you for having me. E, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Blessings. And y'all keep those masks on your face. If you don't, do not come around me, please. <laughs> yeah, man. Peace and blessings to both of you guys. Everyone listening to the show, man. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hawks Beat Podcast. Get it anywhere you can find your podcast, Stitcher, um, iTunes, Google Play, wherever we on it, Anchor, Spotify, the whole nine, man. Like we always say, man, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. If you don't know him, you need to find him and show him love because that's all he's showing you, L-O-V-E, love. Thanks, guys. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their claws. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.